Buenos días, good morning, and this is Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez and my co-host, my brother, my friend and partner, Tim Flirty. This is the talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truth of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. And we're back again with another week of Beyond the Walls. I'm your host, Tim Flaherty. Of course, we have with us uh, Pastor Israel Rodriguez. Israel Rodriguez. Sí, señor. De, desde Venezuela. De Venezuela. De Venezuela. Yeah, and that means of Venezuela. From, yeah, Venezuela. So, uh, of course, we have with us, and if you were listening last week, and if you haven't listened last week, you should listen last week. It was a great show. But we have with us two staff sergeants from the United States Marine Corps, Staff Sergeants Jackman and Montero. And they're talking to us a little bit about their involvement with Toys for Tots, which just wrapped up last month, and their lives, and and what really led them into a life of service. And you know, we like to talk about that on Beyond the Walls, because it's about really finding your way of having an impact on the world that's positive. And uh, you two gentlemen, at the end of the last show, were just explaining to us how you got involved in the United States Marine Corps. What I really want to hear about, and, and you, you know, you sort of alluded to it off air, Montero. I want to hear about that first day, because you know it's all glorious, right? I, I mean, I never was in the Marines. I have a number of friends that went off to the Marines when I was in college, and I've heard these first day in boot camp stories. But for those of you out there in Radioland who haven't heard this, it's different, I think, for everybody, and yet almost exactly the same. And so let's see if we can find these two guys' stories that first day and see how they how the similarities are. Tell us, Montero, your first day in boot camp, you wake up. So before I before I go into that, I just the first week, right? The first week that you're there, because boot camp is thirteen weeks, but you're there for fourteen weeks. Uh, the first week is just your receiving week, so you get all your paperwork done, you get all your flu shots, all your vaccinations, right? It almost feels like a summer camp. And that first week is not at all what the rest of that time is going to be like. So I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is this is easy. There's no supervision here. I could do this for another three months. And then we finally meet our drill instructors. And uh, yeah, that was, if you haven't heard of Black Friday, you can you can look that up on YouTube. I, I've heard that. That's like where you go shopping and there's all the discounts. <laughs> Almost, <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a good opportunity to donate to Toys for Tots <laughs> exactly. on Black Friday. <laughs> So going into, uh, so my first day, or I guess it was the first morning that I was there, I went to bed, right? And and it was the first day was was fine. It was a little crazy, but the first day that I woke up, so it was my second day, uh, I remember I opened my eyes and somebody was yelling, lights, 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 lights. And that's when they turn the lights on and everything is just like at a hundred in an instant. And I remember looking up at the ceiling and thinking to myself, I don't remember this roof, like why does my roof look different and or the ceiling sorry and uh i had totally forgot where i was and what i had signed up for it took me two or three seconds to realize where i was and what i was doing so that was shock immediately what about you uh jackman oh man so uh, with the receiving week it was uh, pretty similar and and uh, i remember i was like oh you just got to sit here and scream all right cool i'll sit here and scream for you know 13 weeks whatever but yeah, so that that goes by, and you know that you remember they keep you up for like 
one two days straight you know and then uh so i was just exhausted i remember i just wanted to go to bed and they're having you try all these uniforms on and everything else and get your boots but yeah once it started i remember like the receiving drill instructors you know went away right i'm not going to try and give out any secrets right because <laughs> those that may, are maybe thinking about going i don't want them to get scared of it right but uh anyway I remember we got our, you know, our actual drill instructors and they did their speech, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, these guys are yelling, they're being loud. All right, cool, whatever. And then like the senior like goes away and then you got all these just insane people running after you for no reason and you're doing everything wrong and you're like, what am I supposed to do? Can I breathe? You know, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I remember that. Right. I do remember there was a couple times I woke up kind of almost delirious really like where in the world am i at you know um but yeah no it was it was pretty similar to that so any regret no no not at all no. not at all if there's a young man out there uh listening to the show and we do have we have a little bit of an audience here in the valley and they're thinking about maybe joining the marine corps what would you tell them i i think the best piece of advice that i would uh I would give someone who's thinking about joining the service is uh, make sure you pick the job that's suitable for you. Don't don't pick a job just based off you know movies or or what you hear because I I am in no way in no capacity a uh, infantry marine right. So I do administration, which mm-hmm. is totally opposite from what you would see in a movie. But I love what I do mm-hmm. and I can do it for 20 years and retire without my body feeling like it's breaking down, you mm-hmm. know, after 10 years, like I'm, I'm almost 10 years in and I feel great. Uh, I don't have any, you know, pains here or there. So I'm really glad that I chose what I, what I, uh, what I did. What about you, Jackman? Yeah. You know, I, I agree with that. Um, so, I mean, honestly, for real, uh, if you are thinking about maybe joining or whatever, it, that's a good thought, right? And then another thing is too, right? Do you want to be enlisted or do you want to be an officer? You know, if you do want to be an officer, go to college. You go to college and then when you get done with uh, with college, you can go be an officer in the Marine Corps, you know, and be in charge of everybody, you know? But yeah, I agree with the job thing, you know, and I'm not an infantry guy either. Uh, I'm a motor T guy. I work on Humvees and seven tons and trailers and JLTVs, you know, but I love what I do and I can get all these certifications, you mm-hmm. know, as a mechanic. And if I wanted to get out and go be a mechanic somewhere, I could, I could make pretty good money, you know. I want to drive one of those Humvees. You got, we got to sneak me on the base. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk to the major. We got to, we got to tell we, somebody. We, we are going to get you the remote control version. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I'll take it. I'll take it. The remote control Humvee. Fine. I've, you know, I'm friends with a lot of cops out there and I, they all have these like tank like vehicles for their SWATs. And I'm always like, Hey, what does it have to, what do I have to do in order to be able to drive one of those tanks? <laughs> They're like, Tim, you just got to go to post. You just got to get certified. You gotta, I was like, well, that's never happening. I can't do that. I just want to get around and drive around that little, you know, obstacle course. I want to go up over the hill and through the mud. I just, nope, not going to happen. I'll be old man. Maybe they'll give it to me at the end of life. Maybe a little wish I get, you know, yeah. get wish granters or something. <laughs> so, uh, you know. When we're talking about this boot camp experience, what was the most joyful thing that you experienced in boot camp? What was the thing that you, when you look back on your experience in boot camp, it, t- tell us what was the thing? Maybe it, it made you the most. It makes you the most happy to think about it, or or maybe the most proud, right? Jackman, what do you got? 
Yeah. So, uh, and yours will probably be exactly the same. I'm assuming, yeah. right? Um, the uh, I remember after the crucible, right at the end of boot camp, right? Uh, we went through those just so many hours of being awake and going through all these obstacle courses and you're just muddy and dirty and you stink, you know, and you're hungry, you're starving, you know, like not really, but you know, you're, you're really hungry, you know, cause they give you food obviously. But anyway, the hike back, I remember thinking back on the hike back, like, this is it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Right. And I did. Right. And we get back. Right. And I'm assuming Montero, this is probably very similar right, yeah. to you. We get back and then you, you get in front of like the Iwo Jima, a monument, you know, uh, if you're going to Paris Island, which is what I did, you get in front of the monument, you know, and, and you get a guy comes up there and he does this big speech, you know, and then your drill instructors come down through the line one by one and they give you your EGA. And, and, and for some Marines that are already out there, maybe listening, right. You'll understand what I'm saying, right. When they give you the EGA, it's something completely different than anything you're used to in your whole life. You've earned it, right? You know, you went through blood, sweat, and tears for this thing, you know, and rank don't matter. You know, who you are don't matter. It's just, it just in general, you're a Marine now. Like, that is such an awesome feeling. That moment, if I could just go back and just relive that moment, you know, like, it's an awesome feeling. Montero, what about you? I don't know. Yeah. So, it's, it's exactly the same for me, but I... There, I remember a, another time that that had to be my my top as well. But just to kind of give a different example, the first the first week that we received mail, oh right, yeah, yeah, you started writing home, mm-hmm. and you don't know when you're going to get something back, pen and paper, and you're sending out trying to make sure that you know you can you can make it to the uh, to the mailbox because sometimes they wouldn't let you go. Right, you had to be somewhere, and you only had so much time to do it. So you. Uh, what we did was we assigned one person that they would collect all the mail and it was their job to run to the mailbox without really getting seen and then dropping off that mail. But I remember the first time I got mail, it was from my mom and uh, I cried that first time that I finally got mail from somebody outside of the four walls and outside of the other 90 or 100 guys that I'd seen uh, every day. But that was that was an awesome moment for me. That's incredible. That I, you know, I had a, a few buddies that uh, were went went off, and I I remember them saying that and uh, collecting up letters from friends and making sure, like checking in with the, you. You know, you're you're writing Craig, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're sending them. And so, uh, what, was there anything funny that happened during the mail call? You know, anything worth note? Or do we not want to talk about? Well, that? maybe not appropriate for <laughs> yeah. the for the talk. I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you if you're out there listening and you're wondering what we're talking about, just ask your grandfather, who's a marine, about mail call at boot camp, <laughs> and it'll be a great time for the two of you to talk about it. And and perhaps maybe that will inspire you yourself to go on uh, to be a marine. Uh, so. Guys, we're going to come right back after this, and we'll talk a little bit more about your experience in the Marine Corps. Hey, this is Pastor Dave McGuire from Deer Flat Church. If you're looking for a welcoming community where you can explore your faith or you want to deepen your relationship with God, come check us out in Caldwell, Idaho. Our Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. and 1045, and you're going to love the setting. We sit out in the middle of farm ground. Our members at the church offer such guidance and friendship and support as you journey on your spiritual path. Find us online at dearflat.org or stop by for a visit today. Hey, this is the church, the perfect church for imperfect people. Are you a local pastor who needs supplies for your church or nonprofit? The Estegos Community Warehouse is the place for you. 
You can find a plethora of items such as teaching supplies, toys, bedding, and even garden supplies and decor, all at discount prices, some even 90% off retail. You can join Estegos Community Warehouse by going to estegos.org and filling out an application. Membership is free and only takes a few minutes to sign up. That's Estegos, A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot org. And we're back here on Beyond the Walls in a new Saturday with my co-hosts, Tim Flaherty and Pastor Israel. And we have Ricardo and Adam from the Marine Corps and listening to their stories on the story of Toy for Toss, how it all began with a, as a charitable, charitable organization back in uh, L.A. Was it L.A.? Yeah, uh, 1947. 1947, Major Bill Hendricks. But we get to give, you know, some some credit, you know, a lot of credit to his wife, you right. know, the, the, the commanding chief at home, you know, who just with a homemade doll just started this big dream that we can see today. We were part of 2023 Christmas, you know program with Astegos and a lot of volunteers and it was so great you know so good to see all these different kind of people and backgrounds and families just trying to find this toy that will take or it gets away from spending a lot of time on the computers on the internet on the tvs and just just being themselves you know thank right. you thank you for coming and being with us here i get a crazy question you know because we're getting kind of hungry a lot of people out there you know listening our audience preparing for lunch what do marines call lunch <laughs> So any time that it's, you know, a time to eat, it's, it's chow, right? It's the word we use, chow. So you have your morning chow, your afternoon chow, and then evening chow. So no matter what time of the day, it's just chow. Can it also be identified as a mess? Oh, well, yeah. It's a, it, anywhere that you eat, it's a messing area or a messing facility. But typically, we just say chow. We call the, the mess hall is what you might... Uh, remember it as we just call it the chow hall yeah i'll just bring some new vocabulary for staff meeting at your flat church on monday oh yeah. yeah for the mess yeah lunchtime yeah <laughs> what i want to know about you guys is you get you get through boot camp you get your you know you graduate and you get your first assignment to go off to school right so how did you pick what school you went to and what school did they eventually assign you to Jackman, what, 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 how, tell us about that. How did you decide what to do, and how did they sign you, and what, what did you do? Yeah, so when I first uh, signed up, I basically signed up for just kind of any mechanical job, right? Uh, they thought I was going to be like an airframe guy. Then they thought I was going to work on uh, some of the like dozers and stuff like that. So I kind of, I just knew I was going to be a mechanic. I didn't know kind of what kind, but he told me that's where I was going to be. Right. So after we graduated boot camp, then you go to your uh, Marine combat training, right? You do that for like 30 days or so, depending on how long you're in the beginning portion. Um, and then once you're done with that, then that's when they're like, hey, here's your orders. You're going here. You're going here. You're going here. And then that's like 100%, you know, from there, right? That's where you're going, you know? So, and I remember I was on Camp Lejeune uh, for MCT or Camp Geiger, I guess, right? Uh, but, um, and I was like, they were like, oh, you're going to go to Camp Johnson. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. You're going to be a motor team mechanic. I was like, sweet. Right. And I was like, and I was thinking in my head, I'm like, all right, I'll get to travel across the country now and see some cool stuff. And they're like, oh, you're going 10 minutes up the road. I'm like, oh, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? And I was like, man, I thought I could get away from Lejeune, but I guess not. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how mine went. Um, they told me. And then right then in that moment, that's when I knew I was going to be a motor team mechanic. So, but yeah, what about you, Montero? So I originally wanted to enlist in the Marine Corps as a military police, uh, which is a 5811. Yep. And uh, 
I went through MEPS, which is the military en- entrance processing station uh, in San Diego. And that's prior to going to boot camp. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's before you go to boot camp. And I went down there and did a few tests. Turns out I was colorblind. So I don't have normal color vision, which automatically disqualifies you. What and color I, is this shirt? Red. Black, black. Stop, liar. Red. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. It's actually, he I'm doesn't just guessing. know. It's pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got disqualified from being a military police. And then uh, my recruiter laid what options I had on the table. And I ended up choosing administration. I also ended up on Camp Johnson, uh, where Staff Sergeant Jackman was. Probably at different times, but we both uh, crossed through there. And then, so, you know, you, you go into administration and what they teach you how to type or what, what's the, what happens there? <laughs> well, it's a very general overview type of course because administration is so large that there's not enough time. You'll be there for months if you get taught everything that there is to know. A lot of it is just through experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up, my first duty station was in Hawaii. So I was on Camp Smith uh, in Hawaii, a little bit better than Camp what is it, Camp Lejeune, where you ended up? Oh, yeah, yeah, Camp Lejeune, yeah. Yeah. I was so, on Cherry Point, actually, oh, you, my first, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I ended up on Camp Smith. For how many years? Three years. And then I did another year just down the road on Kaneohe Bay, if mm-hmm. anybody knows where that is. Uh, lived in Kailua out there. So I, I did three. I did four years out in Hawaii in total. And uh, and then I went on to other things from there. What about you, Jackman? They don't have mechanics in Hawaii, or what? What, what they do? Uh, and that was actually one of the the places I would I really wanted to go. Um, they asked, okay, well, what do you want to do? You want to like overseas, East Coast, West Coast? And I was like, ah, oh, let's do let's do West Coast, then we'll do overseas, then we'll go East Coast. And then uh, and then the orders came in, and after I was done, and I graduated from my schoolhouse, which was in Camp Johnson. My orders came in, and I remember some gunny was like, Jackman. And I was like, yes, Gunner Sergeant. And he's like, you're going to Cherry Point. And I was like, dad, go on. That's only like 45 minutes up the road. I can't get away from the East Coast. <laughs> you know, so I was hoping for Hawaii uh, and then like maybe Okinawa or something like that. But uh, I ended up going to Cherry Point, which worked out really well for me, um, you know. Now, Montero, he's traveled the world. I mean, we'll, we'll get to him here in a minute. But so – have they domestic domesticated you? I mean, or have you been able to get out and see the see the, the yeah world? yeah? Uh, so I was on Cherry Point for about three years, uh, and then a Mew uh, Marine Expeditionary Unit came up, and they needed a mechanic to go on it, um, and it was a unit that was leaving from Lejeune. And so they had chopped me over to this unit, and I went on the Mew, and I was gone for about a year and a half. And we went to all kinds of different countries, um, just beautiful places, you know, uh, Israel, Cyprus, uh, Bahrain, like you name it, Uh, Spain. uh, We got to go down to the Bahamas for like a practice run. Which was really, really cool. You know, I didn't think I'd ever be sitting in the beach on the Bahamas. <laughs> now, you said they need a mechanic. So are you like the only mechanic? There's got to be more than one mechanic in a this. Bu- there's a bunch. Okay. Uh, they kind of allot it, right? So this, they'll be like, hey, I need this many mechanics for this deployment, right? Mm-hmm. Or this Mew or whatever. Um, and then from there, uh, different units, will they'll give up one or two or whatever. And then when it comes down to the unit, typically uh, they'll either give like someone that's really good that deserves it and wants to go on something like that, or if there's a guy that you know maybe isn't like cutting his own weight and they just want to get rid of him, they'll send that guy. You know, uh, I've seen that happen, right? But uh, <laughs> but I got lucky, right? Which I got one lucky. Are you? I was definitely the better guy. I was definitely the better of the two. And uh, my gunny, he didn't want to send me because I, I was kind of taking care of. 
a lot for him and making his job pretty easy. So he didn't want to send me because mm-hmm. he knew it'd be kind of a big loss for him. But uh, not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything. But no, no. you know. But I ended up going. I'm glad that he chose me, and yeah. I got to do a lot of really cool stuff. That's one thing that I noticed working with you guys. This volu- sorry, volunteering with you guys these last few weeks is seeing how you know any problem that comes your way. Except for Chow, some, for some reason you guys get flummoxed on food. I, I don't understand that. But, but any other problem that comes your way, right? It's five degrees outside, and we got to load this truck. It's like boom, we're on it, and it, there's like an order to things that just happens. It just falls in place. And I, I, you know, for anybody who's not spent a lot of time around military guys, which I'm one of those, I, I not, I not spent a lot of time around military. I was really just in awe of like this needs to happen. And then everybody just does a small piece of it, but in some sort of orderly fashion to get the job done. Right. And, and uh, you know, I, hearing about you talking like, oh, I'm part of a crew. Is there ever a time in the last, I don't know, 10 years of your life where you're out there and, and they, you know, some piece of machinery walks in you're supposed to know how to fix it and you don't what do you do yeah you you go on you go on google you go on youtube i mean what what's yeah so the cool thing about it is um i i don't know everything right but i know enough right and then if i don't know what it is i know someone that knows about it right Mm -hmm. um and if i don't i know someone that might know someone that knows someone you know i know that sounds like a stretch mm-hmm. but it's the truth right? right hey gunny um i don't know how to work on this jltv right i don't know how to work on that suspension system right it's weird and you got to plug in like this computer you know whatever mm-hmm. um the cool thing is is like oh he's i've never messed with that hold on i might know a, a sergeant that knows how to he'll contact that person they'll be like oh yeah it's this this and this and this just pull it up on this computer and it'll tell you the whole process right so you do, and then you're like, oh, okay, that was easy, you know. Um, and then it's, a lot of the things are a lot easier than you think they are. It's just foreign, you know, because you don't know it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but you end up finding someone that knows what it is. You know, it's pretty cool. Ask for help. Yeah, it's uh, you just be humble. Honestly, that's my opinion. What about you, Staff Sergeant Montero? Anything in your job that you can't accomplish without asking for help? There is always something that comes up in my line of work that's like I've never seen that before, but. Uh, the, the good thing about administration is somebody's seen it once somewhere. So we go to a lot of courses and schools uh, with our own uh, peers. And that is not only an opportunity for us to grow in whatever school we're in, but it's also an opportunity for us to network. So we meet other administrators or other mechanics that have been doing this for, you know, 20 plus years and they are always willing to help and if you can't find it they if they can't find it uh they will tell you where to go and look for it awesome we'll be right back the estegos.org community warehouse is a powerful tool for churches nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost most items are available up to 90 percent off retail prices membership to the estegos.org community warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to estegos.org. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot O-R-G. And we're back here on Beyond the Walls with Toy for Tots and uh, Sergeant Montero and Jackman. And I have a very uh, nice question just came into my mind. I would like to hear from your own perspective and testimony why is Toy for Tots important? So I think I can answer this, uh, at least on for myself. So growing up, I 
had no idea that I was a recipient of Toys for Tots. The foundation actually gave me toys for a while growing up. So now that it's kind of come around full circle, it's very important to me that, you know, I do the best that I can to give as many toys out because you never know one of these kids that received toys this year might in, you know, 10, 15 years be the one uh, giving out these toys. So it's very important to me because of that. Jackman. Yeah. Uh, so, well, honestly, I had a pretty heartfelt moment with one of the families that came in, you know, and, and honestly, I think that's kind of what it means the most, you know, I, it's, it's being able to like, okay, oh, he wants a plane. Okay. We have a plane. I seen it. Hold on. Give me a second. Being able to give that plane to that family for that kid was awesome. In mm-hmm. my opinion, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking this time to be here with us. And uh, Tim, what if we come to the Lord in prayer and send a, send a prayer to our audience out there? I think that's perfect. Go ahead, Pastor. Lord, we we thank you for this new day. We thank you for your love, your goodness, and mercies. And as we have opportunity to come to you today with our audience, we want to say a special prayer for our troops. Hold our troops in your loving hands. Protect them as they continue to protect us. Bless them as they're uh, bless each one of us and our families. Bless them as and their families for their selfless acts that they perform for us everywhere they are in the time of our need. I ask this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And if you're going to be with us next week, we're going to hear a little bit more from the staff sergeants about Toys for Tots. And I promise you we're going to get to Walt Disney's connection to Toys for Tots, which is something that all of you will know as soon as I tell you what and how he's connected. Uh, and you're going to say to yourself, wow. In fact, if you Google it right now, it will come up. But don't do that and spoil the surprise for next week. We'll see you later.